Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hey everyone, welcome into another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down all the latest in reality TV and pop culture. December 15th, what the heck? We're halfway through December. Christmas is 10 days away. My trip to South Africa is less than three weeks away. Life comes at you fast. Don't I know it. Thanks for hanging out again today. We're going to get into all the tea. Of course, we have our pop three. We have our deep dive about Brennan from Love is Blind. Our friends, Vanessa and Abby from The Real Moms of Bravo are going to join us to talk The Real Housewives of Miami. Um, But obviously today, because it's Wednesday, you're going to listen to this tomorrow. Just the world is shocked and so saddened of Stephen twitch bosses passing i know it's just it's just a gut punch is it not and i know it's so cliche to say all the things like it's always the people that you least expect or it's always the people that seem the happiest but it could not be more true if you're not familiar uh he started on so you think he can dance that's where he got his big break in the entertainment industry and then he was with the ellen DeGeneres show for a very long time as her dj and i saw a tweet and i should have grabbed it um but i saw a street from a tweet from kellen allen that said you know he was not anybody's sidekick he was the glue that held all the pieces together uh you know kellen was on uh, with Ellen a lot as well. And I think that that was just a really good way to put it. You know, he's not just a DJ. He wasn't just a TikToker. He wasn't just on So You Think You Can Dance. He was a lot of things. And I think everybody can say that he brought joy to their lives in one way or another, whether it be watching the Ellen show or on TikTok and You guys just send thoughts and prayers to the family. I know that's also so cliche. And it's like in the year 2022, I never want to hear the phrase thoughts and prayers, but they need it. I mean, his wife, they had just celebrated their nine year anniversary, literally like three or four days ago. They have three very young children. I want to say all of them under the age of 15. Um, Just, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. All the cliche things, check on your friends. If you're struggling out there, know that you're not alone. There's people that love you. I love you. Heck, the um, prevention hotline number, I believe, is 988. There's just, it's so sad. It's so sad. And all we all we can do is do our best to be there for other people. So I hope as MPT listeners, we can kind of take that with us today. If you're listening in the morning, just be extra 
kind today and always, okay? Let's get into this week's pop three. These are some of the three biggest headlines in Hollywood, reality TV, pop culture. I had a lot of this question, and it's not so much a headline as it is an underlying rumor that's been kind of swirling around this week, and that is Craig and Paige. Did they break up? So there was a tip sent into Dumois that said that they had broken up. I can see why people would think that. They really haven't been seen together lately, uh, no pictures on the grid. Um, I think that they're still together because whenever this came out, uh, a fan had ran into Paige and Craig in New York City, and the fan had tagged the both of them in a picture. So as of six days ago, they were still going out to eat together in New York City. I think it's really interesting when you look at Craig and Paige, um, all of the press that Craig has been doing about Winterhouse, because, you know, everyone was so upset with him about the way that he acted the first half of the season. And, you know, he says in all of his um, interviews, he's like, yeah, you'll see later in the season, I kind of have to straighten up. I have this conversation with Paige where I know that my behavior is starting to affect her. And then I make these decisions. And we never saw that. And the finale is tomorrow. So unless they're going to squeeze it into that episode, I don't know. It's something that he was saying a lot. So the fact that we didn't see it, I think, is interesting to say the least. Um, I don't know. I, I also, you guys know, I've said it on the podcast here. I've been trying to get Craig to come on the podcast and he... Uh, said that he was going to, but that all interviews had to be approved by Bravo, right? And uh, said that it was a little difficult for him to get stuff approved right now. I'm not sure if that's because of the backlash from Windsor House or if he's just giving me an excuse uh, to not come on the show. I don't know. There was also this other Windsor House blind item uh, that was sent in, I believe it was like Face Reality 16, where it said one member of the show uh, bailed on the reunion because there was supposed to be a reunion and convinced two others to join them. And so the whole reunion was canceled. My sources, wink, wink, are telling me that Craig was the one that canceled and he convinced Austin and Paige to not go as well. And so then they canceled it. I have my suspicions that that blind item was Craig before it was confirmed to me that it was Craig because it's like, who else on the cast would be comfortable like throwing that tantrum? You know, like we've seen Craig throw his tantrums before, so it just sounds like a very Craigy thing to do. Um, okay, let's move on to headline number two. We have a Good Morning America update. Amy Robach and TJ Holmes will remain off the air for the time being. ABC News President Kim Godwin said Amy and TJ will remain off air pending the completion of an internal review and there will be a rotation of anchors at GMA3 for the time being. So when we talked about this last week, I told you that Kim Godwin had previously stated that this relationship between Amy and TJ didn't necessarily violate company policy because they're equals. Um, but of course, we know that Amy and TJ have both been married to other people since 2010. 
Garcelle Bouvet is shooting her shot with what could be one of the replacements. His name is DeMarco Morgan. Um, <laughs> she was tweeting some things about him like, oh, hello, you know, because he is a very good looking man. And we want Garcelle to fall in love. Imagine that is another storyline on next season of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which is still on a mini pause, I guess, right now. I don't know. Garcelle Bouvet dating this Good Morning America anchor. DeMarco Morgan. Oh, they would be unbelievable. One thing that if I were Amy and TJ, I would be concerned because I know I don't work in the TV industry, but I do work in the radio industry. And while it is different, uh, everybody is replaceable and they let you know that pretty early on. So especially with a brand like Good Morning America, and I know we did the deep dive about this last week. Um, Serial cheaters like TJ Holmes potentially could be not really the GMA brand. I mean, other people in the industry are starting to weigh in with their opinions. Gail King, who is a competitor, by the way. So I feel like uh, she's allowed to be a little bit shady. She called it messy on Watch What Happens Live. There are reports from David Muir, who allegedly wants no part in it. Um, I told you last week, I'll double down on it. I think that Amy will stay on. I think she'll come back. I think TJ will be let go because of his affair with the producer, not because of the affair with Amy. Time will tell. Okay, our third and final headline in this week's pop three, we're going to talk about Megan and Harry part one. Obviously, part two is out now, but it just dropped at midnight, so I haven't watched the three episodes yet. Um, but part one, there was three episodes. Can I be honest with you? Kind of bored by it. You know, and I'm also just pretty indifferent about the whole situation because I see both sides. There are people that hate Harry and Meghan. There are people that hate the fact that people hate Harry and Meghan. And while we don't hate anybody around here, I can see why some people would dislike them. Um, I'll tell you what I like about it, what I don't like about it, and then predictions I have for part two. I like seeing how Meghan and Harry fell in love. You know, and I do think that they are in love seeing them with like the little bird feeders on the farm and and seeing the early days and and Harry seeing Megan on Instagram and the emails and then going to South Africa or not. I don't know if it was South Africa. I'm going to South Africa. I think it was just Africa. Um, I liked that. That was cool. That was something that we've never seen before. What I don't like about this is there are things that come across to me as like little digs um, from Megan, you know, like when she's talking about having Kate over to the house for the first time, she's like, I'm a hugger and they're not like even even if she didn't mean it, it sounds like a roundabout way of calling Kate rude. Um, another part that everybody seemingly has issue with is is when Megan is talking about when she first met the queen. And she says, you know, Americans will get this. It's like the medieval times. And she does this big bow. And people are like, oh, how dare she mock the culture of the monarchy? This was interesting to me because, as you know, my fiance is half British. His dad's British. His mom is South African. Fun fact, David's dad went to Princess Diana's wedding. Can you believe that? It's true. He still has the invitation. So so our subject at family dinners because he went with his ex-girlfriend before he met David's mom, but still he was there. Okay. So anyways, 
it's interesting because to me, it seems like the two cultures take this scene differently. I, as an American, viewed it as Megan making fun of herself, like self-deprecating humor. When David watched it, as someone who's lived in England for the past seven years, someone who is half British, someone who is very familiar with the monarchy, he looked at me and was like, you know, like, how dare she? And he's like, not an over-exaggerator either by any stretch of the imagination. So I think it maybe not all the time boils down to that, but I thought that that was interesting that the two of us took that scene very, very differently. Um, you know, Megan is not the type of person to be, uh, I don't know if suppressed is the right word, but it's like, okay, if she wants to talk about me too, she's going to talk about me too. And, you know, the royal family being a little bit more buttoned up, not wanting to talk about controversial things, like it, it just was never going to work. You know, she's an activist. She likes to be outspoken about those things. And the royal family doesn't like to get involved in those things. Here's my hot take on Meghan and Harry. Here's my conspiracy theory. I think Harry was looking for a way out of royal life for decades, decades. He'd go on these extended trips to Africa. He went to the military for 10 years, and then he meets Meghan. And while, yes, he loves her, I think he saw Meghan and the treatment of Meghan as a good enough reason to leave and not have people question him about it. Yes, people still question him about it, but I feel like when he goes into his traumatic experiences as a child, especially with his mother, the relationship he has with the British press, I think it would be very easy for him to say, I dealt with this trauma as a child. I've been trying to get away from this my whole entire life. And now that my wife feels this way, we're out. You know? I truly think that he was looking for a way out his whole life. So, you know, the other three parts are out now. In the trailer, Harry says they lie to protect my brother, talking about William, but won't tell the truth to protect us. What could he potentially be talking about? Well, there were rumors that Prince William had an affair with Kate's friend, Rose. Uh, the story first emerged in 2019 when tabloids became obsessed with a falling out involving Kate William and the family friend Rose Hanbury. There's no actual public evidence of this. Um, and without having seen the doc and based on what I have seen for the first three episodes, I doubt we'll get any further information from Harry. I bet he'd be like, you know, they'd lie to protect my brother, but they won't tell the truth to protect us. And that's it. Like, that'd be the only time that he mentions anything about William. Speaking of William, and like I said, guys, that's allegedly, so don't be running your mouth saying, Morgan said Prince William had an affair. I didn't say that. The tabloids did. Okay. Speaking of Prince William, I thought it was hilarious that they dropped their Christmas card this week in jeans. <laughs> They're like, screw you, Meghan and Harry. We're laid back. We're casual. We got our Christmas card in jeans. The kids are in jean shorts for the Christmas card. I don't know if it was intentional, but I'm just going to say that it was. All right, you guys. Now's the time. The deep dive. What is it that you wanted to know more about? You wanted me to get the shovel out, do the digging behind just the clickbaity headlines. What is going on with Brennan from Love is Blind? That's the 
That's this week's deep dive question, and it comes to us from Michaela. Hey, Morgan. This is Michaela from Vancouver, Canada. I wanted to deep dive about what is going on with Brennan from Love is Blind. Can you fill us in? Love listening to the pod every Thursday morning on my drive into work. Love you like a sis. Thank you, Michaela. Love you like a sis. Just going to warn you. It's about to get real. We have to do trigger warning because we're going to talk about this allegation against Brennan. It is an assault allegation. Here we go. Brennan and Alexa, the most beloved couple to come out of this season of Love is Blind, facing some controversy. Brennan specifically, he has denied these allegations and the case actually was thrown out. We'll get into that a little bit later. But how did this all begin? A Reddit user named Punk Cowgirl, love it, live your life, discovered an incident report involving Brandon and an unidentified person. According to an incident report filed to Dallas police in January of 2021, that was just a couple months before Love is Blind season three was filmed. The accusations against Brandon were made by someone he had been uh, in a relationship with for three months. So They were allegedly at home together having some drinks when an argument broke out. This is according to the police report, Brent or incident report, excuse me. Brennan is said to have become upset and asked his partner to leave, but she didn't. According to the tap, this is where I got the transcript of the incident report. The report then says it was claimed Brennan grabbed his partner and threw her against a wall and she banged her head. The woman claims she was unconscious for a brief moment and then claimed Brennan struck her and scratch her. A grand jury declined to indict Brennan on one court of aggravated assault causing severe bodily injury on April 28th of this past year, according to county court records, and all charges against him have been dropped. This story has been kind of brewing underneath the water, but Brennan actually addressed it for the first time on his Instagram this past week, saying, there have been a few rumors about an incident report falsely filed against me from a few years ago. The grand jury threw it away as a no bill slash no validation to the claim due to there being evidence that contradicted the claim, the report was thrown out. So when I did, you know, the basic rundown of this, people were confused about the timeline. I think it's because people forget that season three of Love is Blind was actually filmed almost two years ago now. So you're reading things that say three months before it was filmed and he's posting things saying years ago. Well, you know, both are true. Um, the report was filed before filming. He's correct that it was years ago and uh, not something that happened recently. I saw a TikTok from a reporter that has now been deleted, which I don't know why it was deleted. Sometimes TikTok does that with, uh, you know, these types of, of posts just because of the content that's in it. Um, But she was going through the paperwork in the court documents, pretty much verifying uh, what was real and, and how to explain it in like a logistically correct way. Right. So she was saying that there is an incident report and an incident report is basically the same thing as a police report. Right. So you get in a car accident, the cop comes over, he asks you to write down what happened. That's the same thing as an incident report. So uh, that legal document was what this unidentified person had given to the cops um, that night. Uh, There was an arrest and he was released on 
bail. This TikTok showed the documents of his signature and the bail amount, uh, and also that the case was thrown out. So while yet it's it's hard, it's really hard, you guys, to formulate an opinion on this because no matter what side of things that you look on, you really do not want to be wrong, you know? So I'm not going to make a damaging opinion about anybody in this scenario because I don't know at all. <laughs> and I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to say, oh, yeah, the police report was made, so it must be true, and then have it not be true, and that's damaging to Brennan. I don't want to automatically take Brennan's side just because I've seen him on TV and, and think I know who this person is. I'm using air quotes because we never know who any of these people really are, and then have it come back as true. I think you would be wise to feel the same. We just don't have enough information. Uh, and unfortunately, in my opinion, that means, you know, no conclusions can really be made. Um, I find it interesting, and I, I didn't look this up, but what Netflix's involvement in that is, because if this report was filed three months before they started filming, uh, would that not show up maybe on a background check? I don't know. That's interesting. Maybe something that I would have to dig a little deeper into. I also don't know how long after the incident the report was filed. So I don't know if it was directly after. Um, I don't know if it was a couple of weeks or a couple of days after. Those are all kind of pending questions, but there's really not a lot uh, to this stuff online. This is really all that I could find. So <laughs> I know we only went like, two feet deep when normally we go like seven or eight feet deep, but it's all I can find. So it is what it is. Today's podcast sponsor is OneSkin. And if you have sensitive skin, listen up. We got to talk about their scientifically proven topical supplements. Free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red and itchy and irritated, all the stuff we hate, their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Not only that, they're the first and only skin longevity company to target cellular senescence, a key hallmark of aging. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Say no more. Get started today with 15% off using code POPTALKS at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTALKS. After your purchase, they're going to ask where you heard about them. Please support the show. Support your girl. Tell them I sent you because we give credit where credit is due here at MPT. For wrap up this week's episode, I want to invite my friends Vanessa and Abby. They have a podcast. They have an Instagram page called Real Moms of Bravo. We met at BravoCon and I love these two so much. We're going to dive into the Real Housewives of Miami. So let's welcome Vanessa and Abby. Thank you guys so much for joining MPT this week. Thank you for having us. We're so excited. Yes, I'm we so pumped. <laughs> we ran into each other at BravoCon, and I always think it's so funny to meet people that you follow on Instagram in real life because I feel like – I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's Abby and Vanessa, my girls. We just hug as if we've known each other for years, and, like, it is so funny. It's, like, so casual. And you're like, oh, that was the first time I met them face-to-face. -face. Yeah. 
No, I always feel like it's kind of like a blind date because you've known each other, <laughs> you've gotten to know each other for some time. And then immediately you're like, wait, is Morgan like, was she taller than I thought? Or am I shorter <laughs> yeah. than you thought? Like you just kind of go through all those scenarios and had, but yes, you're a real life person. And I'm so glad we got to meet at BravoCon. So thank you so much for having us. Oh, anytime. We're talking all about the Real High Stives of Miami today. The first four episodes now officially out on Peacock. Let's just do first impressions and then we'll get into all the all the juicy details. I'm obsessed. If you are sleeping on Miami, what are you doing with your life? I think these women bring equal parts drama, humor, and actually jive well as a cast. Mm -hmm. um, I think seeing everything that goes down with Lenny and Lisa, which I know we'll get to in more detail, is kind of wild to watch unfold. Abby, what do you think? I, it's, it's like crazy because I hated Peacock in the beginning. I'm like, come mm -hmm. on, Bravo. What are you doing? This is so annoying. <laughs> Stop pushing Peacock. Like, you know, I'm like, fetch is never going to happen uh, <laughs> type of thing. And then they put Miami on there and I'm like, oh my God, this is genius. It feels so much more authentic because we can watch four episodes at a time or you can binge it more. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's not as orchestrated and like, what's the storyline and what's the cliffhanger? It's like, it's such a continuation that it just feels more real and authentic. And I think because the women genuinely know each other and are truly, most of them are truly friends, it that adds some realness to it. But I don't, it's just so refreshing. It reminds me of like Housewives back in the day when it was just yeah. a little less orchestrated. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, of course, we had this hiatus with them, you know, where they were there years ago and then they went away and now they're back and and still a lot of the same cast is still there. But I just see such like stark differences between, let's say, a Salt Lake City and a Miami between like the relationships. Like I feel like right now and I do like Salt Lake City, but I feel like they're trying way too hard to be what they what they expect a housewives show would be whereas Miami like they are who they are you get what they get you you get what you get and like they just they're real and authentic yeah i think salt lake it's like almost they're turning into like caricatures of their self like they're trying yeah. so hard to play these roles and characters uh that it does feel a little Forced. And I think some of it is we all know Jen Shaw's leaving. So it's like, what are they going to do without Jen right. Shaw? How many Angie's are we going to have next season? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, do you guys sidebar on Salt Lake City? Do you think Jen Shaw is going to be at the reunion? Because her, no. you don't think so? I'm going to say yes, because I just want it to happen. And so I'm just like trying to manifest that. I mean, could you imagine if she showed up? I feel like she is unself-aware enough to show up because like her court date got pushed back right it was supposed to be at the beginning of december now it's at the beginning or middle of january i, I think it's filming like this week or next week so i feel like she'd be like okay i mean she crashed BravoCon. she'd be like one last hurrah let me show up to the reunion I think Bravo and given her performance, her performance in quotations here at BravoCon and the fact that Andy said very cryptically that their ties have kind of ended in a way. Mm. I just don't think the network is going to let themselves legally kind of get into that because it's going to cost them money at the end of the day. Um, also, Jen's lawyers, like, I just don't really foresee that happening. But, you know, never say never. She's thirsty enough. 
Go on, Shot Squad. <laughs> Fraud Squad. If it was yeah. just up to her, I think she'd she'd be there. Huh. I bet her lawyers are like, you have not been sentenced. You cannot, like, you cannot be here. Like, because yeah. I do think there's a no, there's no winning for her. Whatever she says, it's going to be used against her. And right. I mean, she's facing a lot of years in jail. Woo! Okay, no more Salt Lake City <laughs> yeah. talk because we're here to talk about Miami and they're much better. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. I have absolutely no notes for Gertie and Nicole because I feel like Gertie has not even really been in the first four episodes. And Nicole, we're just now finally starting to see the family dynamic. But there's just so much other stuff that I want to get into besides that. So let's start with Alexia, who I truly and utterly believe is the star of the show. I know that Lisa and Lenny is like the hot topic, but what are your thoughts on Alexia? I love her. I really do. I'm happy she's married. Uh, She's good drama, but she also like, there's parts of her that like as crazy as sounds feels relatable. And I think when Mm -hmm. you see her as a mom and everything she's gone through with her son, it's like hard not to have a soft spot with both of her sons. Really. It's hard not to have a soft spot for her. I think she's the realest on Bravo. She's the most interesting <laughs> woman on Bravo. I yeah. think Alexia is kind of like the Teresa of Miami that if she wasn't in the cast, the cast would feel not complete. That's such a good point. And I feel like she definitely is one of the housewives that don't like sugarcoat things that go on in her life. She's like, this is exactly what's going on. This is what I'm dealing with with my uh, husband. This is what I'm dealing with with my son. Like, I don't ever doubt that what I'm seeing from Alexia is really what's going on in her life. And I think that makes for just the best reality TV star. Uh, Are you guys surprised that Marisol is a friend of? Because I feel like those two specifically, they're dynamic. They could have their own show on Bravo and I would watch it. I I think it's like insulting that Marisol is a friend of like make her her cup a friend of. But like she, she is full cast star quality and I feel like like to your point she's more involved and intertwined so far in the first four episodes than Gertie is you know Gertie's big thing is like you you know trash my party planning skills like that's really all she has right now so I feel Mm -hmm. like Marisol just brings so much more to the table Uh, and I think she just has more a a deeper relationship with majority of the women I kind of wonder if it's strategic on her part um it's less Mm -hmm. mess for her she's able to kind of like wipe her hands clean and do her thing without getting grilled at the reunion um i feel like i don't know i kind of wonder that with marisol i think marisol likes to have a lot of fun on her own terms and doesn't really like to quote work too much Mm -hmm. so i think she probably has fewer times she has to show up to film um she has her confessionals so i don't know i wonder if it's strategic on her part but i would gladly welcome her as full time (laughs) yeah me too maybe we'll manifest that for seasons to come that someday she'll be full time uh julia also had a bit of a slower start but episode four we start to see a rocky road between her and martina which i was very surprised by am i the only one i didn't see that coming just from the previous season. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. Some of it, it feels like she was almost like, she was clearly like teeing it up where she's like, you know, she's traveling now more than ever mm-hmm. and I'm all alone and all I have is my animals and my farm is now an hour away. I'm like, okay, I see where this is going. I wonder how much of it is like true marital problems and how much of it is like, sh- she's thinking I need a storyline beyond being a farmer. 
I love Julia. Julia is like interesting in her own right. Like, yeah, I don't know. You can't make the shit up with her. Like, <laughs> and all of the things she she does and says. I do think her storyline, whether it is slightly self produced or not, I do think that's a real thing that empty nesters deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's always been used to being the trophy wife and had a place in the home and taking care of her children. And now that they're gone, she's kind of like, what is my identity? Um, so I do think that's a real thing. And I mean, it's kind of wild. I love tennis. I play tennis um, in my youth. I wouldn't say. Anyway, that's another podcast. But <laughs> I, I, it's kind of wild that Martina Navatilova is on Housewives. And yeah, casually. Is, like casually on there. And it's mind, like mind blowing to me. Yeah, I agree. I'm interested to see where it goes. And while I don't think that there will be this, I don't think season six is going to be like the divorce of uh, Julia and Martina, but there is some rumors going around too that later in the season, Larsa gets involved in some drama with Julia and Martina. So let's just go ahead. It it seems like Larsa is always at the center of some (laughs) sort of drama, whether she's the recipient or she's like dishing it out. Um, Obviously the first couple episodes, the women are talking about her new apartment being for OnlyFans models. What are your guys' opinions on Larsa Pippin? I love her. Um, I actually texted Vanessa, I think it was last night, and I was like, how does her butt get bigger every episode? And I mean that in the best way possible. I'm like, damn, girl. Um, I don't think that's natural, but she rocks it. I I love Larsa. I think she, I mean, I'm sounding like a broken record with these women, but I feel like they all are kind of like, hey, I'm going to exp- like put my whole life out there. I'm not afraid mm-hmm. of what's going to be exposed, what's going to come. She owns the OnlyFans piece. I think it's hilarious that she's like, bragging about how this was like the apartment that only fans bought basically like good for her we all need to be taking more feet pics feet I, I know <laughs> my gosh who knew i think she's the shit i kind of can easily see how she fit in with the kardashians as i keep watching yeah. her um i just think it's refreshing to see a housewife kind of like be in on the joke and also just like not give a fuck because i think so many women with the only fans factor can feel get really caught up in being insecure and I think Larsa is truly like what you see is what you get and I don't care like I just I just really love her energy I love what she brings I'm here for it she's an excellent housewife and of course Larsa spends a lot of time fighting with Lisa in the first couple episodes I didn't know that having a mortgage was something that people fought about is that like rich people problems (laughs) like like, I just assume everyone has a mortgage like I mean like this isn't like a shameful thing like how dare you finance a home like it's a multi-million dollar house I almost would say like girl it is not smart uses of your use of your money to pay cash on a house like that you'll get a better return on your investment uh, elsewhere. But yeah, I thought it was funny. She's like, how dare you say I have a mortgage? (laughs) But it definitely was, there was underlying issues, you think, right? Like, obviously. Hinting at just, I think the whole, like, it's a facade and that Mm -hmm. with Lenny and her divorcing, she is not going to be able to have the lifestyle that she's grown accustomed to. And so I think it's more just Lisa trying to preserve her image and reputation. She was self-projecting so much in those arguments because I, you see Larsa saying, I never said you can't afford your lifestyle. I never said, I don't know, something else. But like, I just felt like all of that was internally bubbling up for mm-hmm. Lisa um, of yeah. what is to come. And clearly we see that go down, that hot mic. Well, yeah, which we'll save the best <laughs> for last because I could talk about that moment for an hour. But I want to like 
gauge the room. The first four episodes with Lisa and Lenny specifically, I knew what was coming, but I still was going back and forth. I was like, okay, they, they're having this nice dinner and he seems like he's present. And then five minutes later, he's like dismissing her. And then it just, it was never so blatantly obvious to me um, that, you know, he had another girlfriend on the side the whole time. Is that just me being naive? Because I am pretty naive and I'll be the first person to admit it. <laughs> I had the same reaction. I'm also like what trying to pinpoint where does it go so far south? Like, you know, he's like, he shuts off her access to the credit cards. Like we hear all these horrible things he's doing. And it does seem like he's like a Jekyll and Hyde, but I agree. It was like, this is like a nice moment. Like maybe they're going to be able to co-parent, even though I know what's coming and it's not going to end that way. It is kind of, it is weird. I want to like, I'm just trying to pinpoint and I'm sure we'll see it. Where does it really, really hit the fan? Yeah. Vanessa's I, like, no, you guys are idiots. No, yeah. <laughs> I, no I, and I'm typically very naive. Like, trust me, like Abby can tell you several stories of that, but <laughs> I just could tell. And again, I'm, this is feeding into what I already know what's to come. I just felt like to me, he was disassociating disassociating a lot mm-hmm. um his presence although he wasn't always smiling was a lot of like yeah like i lost weight yeah like he just seemed very dismissive and never really made full-blown eye contact with her um he was on his phone while they're on their dinner like i just felt there were several moments that were like keying up to that moment that we'll get to but i also felt like how he treated that employee of his um Mm -hmm. when they were like send her in an uber which i'm like what the fuck and the way he was talking to lisa i just think that scratched the surface on what happened um when the cameras weren't on there's so much foreshadowing in all of the episodes like her saying the hawk scenes don't divorce and they've been through good times and bad times and the grass isn't always greener and it leads up to the hot mic moment that everybody is talking about Lenny admitting that he you know potentially is leaving Lisa that nobody knows that they're not sleeping together because that would be hurting the one that he really cares about this you know girlfriend that he has did he forget that he had him I'm so confused if he forgot or if he just willingly said that and was like it's gonna come out might as well come out on the show I it's like hard to tell like I mean because we've seen the clips of like the previews of what's to come and there's like a part of me that had the same thought like maybe he did forget but he says so much like at some Mm. point you have to be like oh yeah I have a mic on I need to like stop myself and it seems like he never had that moment so I wonder if he just did feel like I just want to get this out I'm sick of playing the game and I do think maybe he caught on to that, like Lisa didn't really want the storyline to be ultimately he cheated and they're getting divorced. She wanted to somehow, I think she wanted to paint a prettier picture. And I think he mm. clearly wasn't in, in on that. Interesting. I think, I think he just like, didn't give a f- I think he was at his breaking point. <laughs> I, he, there's no way he didn't know he wasn't liked. I yeah. mean, I think anyone who's filmed reality TV as they have in their life, you know, when you are Mike, I mean, until you're, you know, Lisa Barlow and you throw your mic at Wendy <laughs> that we saw in Potomac. But I think he clearly knew. And when his friend even mentioned it, he's like, oh, but I'm whispering. Like, well, duh. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Audio. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, it doesn't matter. You're a doctor. Like, come on. Like, I, I don't know. I think he wanted it out there and knew by the time this aired that they would be done. Yeah, that was a really interesting point that you made, Abby, because it's like, Lisa is painting this picture to everyone around, you know, that they have the, per- it's, it's been their 
their facade. I don't want to say facade because who knows how long this has been going on, but it's been the story of their life. Like since we were introduced to Lisa and Lenny, you know, that Lenny is this doctor and I created the perfect wife and I am, am the perfect wife. And then you just see such that stark contrast on the hot mic moment. It, it, I never thought of it as like Lenny trying to blow up Lisa's spot, like on a live reality show but knowing that i'm gonna watch the next couple of episodes a little <laughs> bit differently <laughs> i i think there's some of it of him just being like i'm sick of playing this part i mean it does make you wonder how long was it like how long was it a loveless marriage because if he's saying like i'm not sleeping with her because that would hurt the one i really care about mm-hmm. then that's deeper than just like an affair with a pretty young thing like that is like an emotional connection too which i mm-hmm. would imagine takes a little bit more time to get there it's giving Kelsey Grammer to me. I mean, we oh, all will never yes. forget that incredible season of Kelsey Grammer and Camille. Um, I feel like he knew she'll have housewives and is like, I don't give a f-. Like, I just feel yeah. like he got to that place um, of ego and thinking he's above it all. And maybe he was hungry, guys. He was not really <laughs> eating that much. <laughs> so yeah. maybe he was hungry and just forgot. <laughs> I know we're only four episodes in, but it truly is my favorite Housewives franchise on right now. How about we rate the first four episodes on a scale of one to 10? And maybe if you have any predictions for the future episodes before we wrap up. Ooh. I'll Uh, go first since I put you guys on the spot. (laughs) I'm going to say, honestly, I think it's like a, a... Nine out of 10. It is my favorite cast. Like everything that we've said before, they, it doesn't feel forced. It feels like they're all genuinely friends. They're not just fighting to have reality TV fights. And my prediction, I think Larsa is going to turn out to be like the real villain of the season, kind of like the Sutton of Beverly Hills at the beginning of last season, where Sutton was getting into drama with everybody on every different episode. I have a feeling that Larsa is going down a similar path. Oh, that's a hard hack to follow. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. I think it's amazing. I couldn't agree more with all the high notes that you pointed out, Morgan. I think my prediction, I think we're going to see Alexia butt heads with almost everybody. Like, I don't know that Alexia, aside from Marisol, really has a tight ally. Like, she kind of has beef in a way with a lot of the women And I think that will be a trend that could continue. And I think she's not going to be afraid to call people out on the stuff that she sees. Hence why she may not have a lot of close friends. So it started with Gertie. Um, I can see it continuing to happen with any of the other women. So that's my prediction. I like it. These are good predictions. Okay. I'm going (laughs) to split the difference. I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. I... (laughs) I completely agree though. I, it it just, it's so real. It's so authentic. It's so refreshing. I feel like it's Miami and Potomac are like the, if I could only keep two franchises right now, those are the two Mm -hmm. I'm keeping. Um, also because even though Lisa like can keep fights and drama, like she keeps me like, can you believe what Kiki said? It's Kiki. And like, we're like, okay, like we get it, but (laughs) it's not as drawn out as Beverly Hills has been the last couple of seasons where it really feels like we're forcing this drama into the group. Oh God, my prediction. Um, I, 
think it's hard because you hear all these rumors too. I'm like, yeah. you hear like Gertie and her husband aren't doing well. So I'm like, I don't make that a prediction. Um, my prediction is Nicole and her husband are going to have, a, I think they're going to end up not together. Oh, because I feel like it's a little forced and fake there. Interesting. Wow. Abby's face. If you guys can see her face right now, she's like, well, I'm also a little scared because um, some housewives more than others follow um, accounts, stories, and what we put out there. And so I'm like, oh, shoot, Nicole's one that does follow. So now <laughs> she might see this. But sorry, Nicole, I just don't think it's going to work. Out. It's just a prediction. That's all yeah. you have to chalk it up to. It's just a exactly. prediction. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining MPT this week. I know you guys have a podcast and your page is amazing. Please tell all my listeners where they can find you guys. You can find us wherever you're listening to this podcast. We're Real Moms of Bravo. And you can find us on Instagram at Real Moms of Bravo. All right, guys. Thank you so much for spending another Thursday with me if you're listening on Thursday or Friday or Saturday or whenever the heck you want to listen to this episode. Don't forget the Patreon is popping off. If you want the extra pop tier, I gave my really in-depth feelings about Harry and Meghan on the extra pop earlier this week. And of course, our pop of batch comes out on Friday. That's our bachelor brain dump all of the bachelor bachelor headlines that you might have missed. So if you just want the bachelor content, it's $3 a month. If you want both, it's $5 a month. You get like eight to 10 additional episodes. So help your girl out, support your girl, Morgie. And hey, y'all did support me because we reached our review goal. Yay. I think on Apple Podcasts, it's like over 500 now, which was my goal for the end of the year. So thank you so much. And on Spotify, over 300. So you guys are amazing. And I got to say, thank you for all the feedback on the Lindsay episode. I know she really appreciated it. I know I really appreciated it. And like I always tell you guys, my goal here, it's not a goal here, but I always try to make you look at reality TV personalities maybe a little bit differently. I know that some people love Lindsay. I know that some people don't think, I know that some people what am I trying to say? Lindsay is not some people's cup of tea, but I feel like anytime you get to sit down and talk to somebody and really get to know who they are, you end up liking them. So I'm glad that you gave it an open mind, but I mean, most of us are Lindsay fans anyway. So yeah, we'll see you back here next week. The countdown to South Africa is on. The countdown to Christmas is on. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Love you like a sis. Bye. Huda Media Production.